0: and girls and most importantly uh everyone else i think yeah pretty sure that's how my famous catchphrase goes um yeah we're back we're we're back finally after uh much ado i think i'm not really sure what ado is but i've heard it um or i've heard of it so this may feel and taste like a, a slightly different episode from us um we're gonna be trying out some uh, some different strategies on this one um i don't know about you but for me uh i'm going at this um with to make a new girl reference with no notes do you have notes
1: i have no notes
0: no notes so um yeah we're gonna uh try to keep it snappier keep it a, a shorter episode so you're not just uh hearing um us ramble on for two hours um just uh, explaining a movie that you've probably already seen um and uh yeah um anything else before we really uh hop into it nope okay so uh we did end up seeing uh thor love and thunder i know you were probably like they didn't post an episode about love and thunder they must not have seen it oh we did we just uh procrastinated um but yeah, so we we have now seen it twice. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that, uh, that we did um, let ourselves see it twice. And really just like marinate on it. Because um, I know for me, over the years, there have been times that I've come out of a movie. And uh, over the next week or so, my opinions changed. I know we both came out of um, Wonder Woman 1984 really liking it. And then
1: we thought about it yeah
0: we thought about it we uh, we started looking at other reviews and other opinions and stuff and uh kind of soured our our taste um and i know i've had the opposite happen where i came out of uh um it sounds blasphemous now but um i came out of captain america winter soldier thinking it was pretty meh and now it's one of my all-time favorite marvel movies ever um And I was
1: worried it would be the same with Thor, because we both came out of it loving it the first Mm -hmm. time, and then we heard all the hate that it was receiving, and I was a little bit afraid that we would come out of it the second time hating it. Yeah.
0: Um, So, uh, how are you feeling about it now that uh, some time's gone on? I still love it. Same. I think
1: it's probably my favorite Thor movie. Okay. Okay. And I don't think it deserves all the hate that it's getting from people.
0: Yeah, I totally don't. Um,
1: I think one of the issues that people are having is that they're going in expecting a big Marvel movie. On the same tier as like Endgame or No Way Home. And it's not that at all.
0: Yeah, I think uh, people, because we've been given massive scale movies, no one's really willing to go see an ant-man movie anymore Mm -hmm. or um uh trying to think through like other kind of smaller a a thor one type movie um but
1: uh i think as far as thor movies go though like it's a great thor movie because you've come to expect humor color good music fight scenes like all of that And I feel like Love and Thunder provides all of that. It doesn't have like the grand scale and like 5 million characters that Endgame has. It doesn't have the hype that No Way Home had. But I feel like as far as Thor movies go, it's pretty solid.
0: Yeah. um, I feel like after I saw Ragnarok, um, I came out of it and I was like, it was pretty good. Um, it was a little too um, dedicated to humor and being a comedy that it um, kind of uh, fumbled the ball on certain plot points that should have felt far more dramatic. Uh, I feel like uh, both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, let the humor come naturally and also let the heartfelt moments and the dramatic moments come naturally as well and they give both of those uh their um their own space to be if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so yeah with uh they they never try to make a, a joke out of uh quill's mom's death no um but in thor ragnarok uh, Everything
1: was a joke in yeah, that movie.
0: Odin's passing felt very much like, um, like we're serious now. But as soon as he fades away, we're going into an action scene that leads into a joke. Um, and and really, there just didn't really feel like it. It, it almost made uh, Odin's passing forgettable Mm -hmm. because we had to move through it so fast and get on to things that uh, were more in line with the overall tone of the film. And I felt like Love and Thunder did a far better job of deciding what the tone for the next scene would be and staying true to it. So there was still humor. There was still very funny scenes but there were also um dark scenes, uh creepy scenes, mm-hmm. um, and, and very serious scenes in tone. Um and I was I was very, very happy with that. And um honestly, like there are certain films where people will bash on it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Thor Love and Thunder, I have found that oftentimes when people are like, here are my gripes, this, 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 and this, I'm like, I don't see that. Like, I, I know exactly what scene you're talking about. I don't see that as, as a weakness of the film or a downside of the film. I don't think that hurt the narrative. Um,
1: well, and the thing that baffles my mind is that after Love and Thunder came out, so many people were just, like, gushing over how great Ragnarok was, and Love and Thunder is not Ragnarok. And I'm like, have did you watch these movies?
0: Like, And I've kind of found the opposite, where... Um, People are are now all of a sudden like, yeah, Love and Thunder, not very good. Just like Ragnarok. And I'm like, n- everyone was loving Ragnarok when it came out. Where where were you people? Everyone loved Ragnarok. And now you're saying Love and Thunder isn't good because it's like Ragnarok? Shut up. No. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's weird
1: how... I feel like people just really want to hate on Marvel right now.
0: Yeah. Um, which... Uh, on that side of things Marvel has had some projects come out lately that I've been underwhelmed by um I, I I'm still struggling to um really truly uh appreciate um Multiverse of Madness
1: mm-hmm.
0: which in that's film's defense I heard some some ludicrously big rumors most of which turned out not to be true Um, which is not uh, a crime that the film itself is guilty of Mm -hmm. that's that's not its fault Uh, whatever Uh, but there were some rumors that I thought I was hearing from uh, not just um, trustworthy sources but I was being told they were coming straight from studio execs um and so
1: yeah we kind of let the rumor mill ruin of yeah. Madness* for us for sure
0: um i've been saying this for um an unfortunate amount of time now but uh i keep finding that um the disney plus series are fairly slow um mm-hmm. or uh just not quite uh delivering the amount of punch that i want um you know falcon and winter soldier and and uh one thing that i find consistently is that and this is across both uh marvel disney plus shows and star wars disney plus shows is that most of the season is pretty boring and then it has a really good final episode or two and it's like was that a good episode absolutely was that a strong enough Episode to redeem the whole show. I don't know. You you did kind of fumble like an hour and a half, or no, more than an hour and a half's worth of footage just for a nice climax. Um,
1: So did Thor Love and Thunder have the punch that you wanted it to have?
0: um, I I thought it did. Um, Sorry, I I got off on a tangent there. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, so um, people... People have been bashing on Marvel, and some of their uh, projects um, have not uh, lived up to hype, and I agree with that. But uh, I do think that there are things, like you're saying, that people just kind of uh, either went in uh, wanting it to be something that it's not. It
1: was never going to be.
0: Yeah, or um, they just aren't going in with an open mind.
1: Um, I think a lot of the problem with the Marvel haters is that they're not willing to let a film be what it is and what the director intended it to be. They want it to be what their vision for it was or what they think it needed to be. Kind of like the pitfall we fell into with Multiverse of Madness where we mm -hmm. were like, yeah, it's going to be like this big scale thing when in reality we knew who the director was We knew that it was going to have horror vibes. We knew...
0: And I do consider the horror vibes one of the strong points of that film. I agree. Um, But
1: I just wonder if maybe a lot of people fell into the same pitfall with Thor Love and Thunder. Maybe. That they didn't just let it be the movie that Taika Waititi intended. And they wanted it to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One Marvel movie that uh, I feel like uh, really pointed out to me how much a film can benefit just from a second viewing, Um, just kind of see it once to find out what movie it's trying to be, and then see it a second time in order to judge it based on that, Eternals. So many people hate Eternals, and I feel like it's because a lot of people just went in not really knowing what it was going to be. And when they found out, they were like, that's not what I expected. That makes it a bad film.
1: No, it doesn't. Well, and I don't feel like we loved Eternals the first viewing either. I don't feel like we fully appreciated it until that second time.
0: Yeah, I I definitely came out of it giving it a thumbs up. But my second time around was when I came out and I was like, that was really legitimately a great film.
1: I think Thor's one of the ones that could benefit from a second viewing.
0: Yeah. Uh, For me, I came out, uh, you know, with a a bit of a... um, I'm not completely sure, but I'm pretty pretty sure I liked that and then the second time around I came out going, yeah yeah, I was right the first time I liked that that was good yeah um, I thought
1: it was fun yeah
0: um, is it uh, another one of my um, a, a review that I keep hearing that I don't like is when people see it and they're like, it was okay. Um, it's definitely not my favorite Marvel movie ever made. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. We have 20 movies. You think from here on out, every single new movie is going to take gold? No. <laughs> it, it, gone are the days when every new movie is better than the last. They have far too large of a library to outdo themselves with every new project. That's impossible. Go in... Looking for yet another solid entry into the universe, instead of the next best. Um, but uh, yeah, I—I
1: I feel like not enough people are talking about how amazing Christian Bale is yeah. as Gore the God Slayer. Yeah, God Killer Butcher, Butcher? Yeah. whatever word.
0: Yeah, Gore the God Butcher. Um, I loved Christian Bale. Um, and his his performance, his portrayal, um, and I mean, quite a bit of that, uh, quite a bit of that credit goes to Christian Bale, but a lot of credit goes to whoever wrote that character. That's mm-hmm. a well-written villain. Um,
1: I would say, in my personal opinion, he's up there with like Thanos mm-hmm. and Loki for yeah, like great Marvel villains. I
0: put uh, Killmonger in in that list as well okay Um, yeah michael b jordan's killmonger um because you can see where killmonger's coming from you can see where gore's coming from
1: and i love that that's how they started the film is showing that backstory of gore and how and why he became who and how he is um it made him more relatable it made him more intriguing um and something we had talked about was, like, a lot of the villains or whatever in Marvel have, like, armor and other, like, protective stuff while they're, like, going into battle.
0: They have a real cool suit, outfit, thing. And
1: all he had was the necro sword and rags.
0: Yeah. Um, he, every time you see him, all the way down to his clothing, he, you can tell he came from humble beginnings Mm -hmm. um this is not a warlord this is just a guy who is wronged and has the dedication to seek vengeance um i also
1: did really like his story arc as a whole because you saw where he started from literally like dying in the desert You saw him go through his, like, evil phase as he's killing all of these gods. But then you saw him get what he ultimately wanted in the end. You saw that, like, it was never really his full goal to just kill all the gods. But that he actually got his daughter back. Not that that completely redeemed his character by any means, but I just love that it was a really good character arc. Yeah,
0: um, and that was another thing that I really benefited from in my second viewing was recognizing and and really understanding his change of heart uh, when they get to Eternity Mm -hmm. um, at the end because I could see what his decision was in the first viewing but second viewing I could see what was said to help him make that Realization Mm -hmm. that uh, you've been so obsessed with uh, the concept that the correct solution to your problems is hunting and murdering gods, but that path has brought you to this spot where you could have you could make any choice, and that's when he realizes um, instead of. hunting those that I feel are responsible, why not undo the mistake of one? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he gives his daughter a second life, and his one real um, hang-up or um, hesitation comes from the worry that since he's absolutely on death's door, if he brings his daughter back... She'll be without a guardian, and Thor is the one person who has the humility and just that that caring nature to say, even after everything you've done against me and against people you love that I love, I st- I'm not going to hold it against your daughter. Well, if and I feel like it was back, actually Jane over.
1: that like mm-hmm. put that thought in Thor's head. Yeah that you know no your daughter won't be alone and she gives Thor that look of like you can take care of her and that's really what convinced Thor that like yeah everyone can win in the end yeah even though half of the people in this scene are gonna die yeah
0: um see I I was very very happy with with that um and yeah like I said um I I enjoyed the scene for first time around I enjoyed the scene first time around but second time around uh that was a powerful scene to me once I, I truly understood what Taika Waititi was going for um but
1: uh let's talk about the humor yeah of thor love and thunder
0: um so one thing that i hope everyone liked but i know you and i liked it because it uh hit some familiar chords you can't go wrong with screaming goats
1: (laughs) my absolute favorite part of the movie (laughs)
0: yeah um for years now goats have been your favorite animal Uh, If you're having a bad day, I just need to pull up a video on YouTube of screaming goats, and it puts you in a better mood. So when all of a sudden, giant screaming goats came on screen, it was clear, oh, this is Paige's jam. Sealed
1: the deal right there for me. (laughs) Um, But they were so funny. Yeah. Like, when they first bring him onto the ship, and they're, like, just screaming and just tearing apart the ship... And Certain characters Thor just kill him. yeah, Nebula's like I'm gonna put him down, but Thor says something about them being meat.
0: Yeah, great line.
1: And then when they crash into the like planet thing in the Shadow, the Shadow Realm, Re- yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: that. Oh my gosh, and and it, that was one joke that uh, I felt like oh they're arriving at the Shadow Realm. This is this is getting serious now, and then they hit it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's funny. And then you hear the scream, and I was like, this is hilarious. Okay, this is one joke that almost felt like it um, stepped on the toes of a dramatic moment, but no, it, it's it's fine. It's good. We're good. You can just have the goats like in the background or passing the camera or something and throw in another scream, and it's always great. Um,
1: well, and then even jokes like surrounding them as Korg is trying to do the whistle.
0: and He's oh like, nope, gosh. that's
1: not it. And tries, like, three times, and then he looks at uh, Mantis Mantis, and is like, you try. Ah.
0: (laughs) Mantis is so funny in ways I never see coming. Right? Like, uh, when Thor's about to make a joke, you can kind of feel that Thor's about to make a joke. Mm -hmm. When Star-Lord's about to be funny, you can kind of feel. Mantis is always just out of the blue, And so often, her jokes land really well. There's Mm -hmm. a moment in, I think, Infinity... Yeah, it has to be Infinity War. But, um... uh, I think Drax mentions, like, yeah, what are we here to do? And she just turns and dramatically says, kick names, take ass. (laughs) It's like... uh, Yeah, um... She's a character I would really love to see more of in Mm -hmm. Guardians 3 and and hopefully other projects. But yeah, um, that was really funny. Um, One uh, bit of of comedy from this movie that uh, I know a lot of people it did not land with, um, but uh, the City of the Gods, Omnipotent City or something like that. Yeah. um, How did you feel about That whole scene, that whole
1: vibe. It was kind of unexpected. Felt a little bit random and chaotic. Um, I thought Russell Crowe being flamboyant Zeus was hilarious. I know a lot of people did not appreciate that part of his character. Um, I quite enjoyed just watching Russell Crowe have fun with it. When he does his little, like, skirt flip before walking down the stairs. And just, like, I thought he was hilarious. But, yeah, I know a lot of people just, like, that whole portion was, they were just not impressed with. I thought the Bow God was also hilarious. The God of Dumplings. Yeah, and that was random. Yes. That was
0: Taika Waititi random.
1: That was very Taika Waititi.
0: Um But, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought... Zeus was funny the first time and I almost found him like interesting the second time around because it, it didn't, uh, the movie doesn't try and say like, no, this is cool. Like he's, he's being like this and he's cool. No, like as soon as he starts talking and, and really like showing his true colors, even Thor kind of has this moment of like, oh no, I, I looked up to this guy and outside of his uh thunderbolt he really doesn't have much going for him but he knows how to use what he has at his disposal to his benefit to Mm -hmm. benefit himself and his image and so he feels much more like the wizard of oz yeah. Like, he's all smoke and shadows to keep people in line, keep people looking to him as, as their one true ruler, when in reality, he's half a step away from being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, and...
1: Well, and I feel like people are not used to seeing Russell Crowe play a role like that. Like, there are certain actors that you hire to play themselves. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum. If you're going to hire Jeff Goldblum, you're not hiring him to play a character. You're going to put him in a costume and he's going to be Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And I feel like they let Russell Crowe just interpret that character how he wanted and just let him go with it. And it's just not who Russell Crowe normally plays. Yeah. Because he's Uh, normally very serious, very, like, action, you know.
0: Yeah. And if... Anything, he's um, like the straight man or the somber guy. Um, I know a lot of people are are, um, drawing connections between uh, Russell Crowe as um, Jor-El from Man of Steel Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and this, and how the last time he was in a comic book movie, it was a very dramatic, well-done role and now he's silly zeus um and it didn't ruin it for me though No, and and these are two very different movies let him play two very different characters in them um and then uh another comedy quote-unquote comedy that he's in is uh um the nice guys where uh he's working with um ryan gosling but in that movie he's definitely the straight man. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the, uh, uh, I, I forget what the term is, but I think it's like straight man and the clown or something like that. Ryan Gosling is the clown in that movie. Russell Crowe is the straight man consistently. And so, yeah, uh, in, in this movie, he's Russell Crowe's is definitely the clown. He's not at all the straight man. Um, and so, yeah, I think that caught people off guard and they weren't willing to vibe with it. And, uh, that I don't know, but uh, I think if you didn't find it funny, maybe look at it more as the um, instead of as a joke, as a horrifying or uh, uh, yeah a, a worrisome display of hypocrisy um, with the whole uh, Wizard of Oz kind of uh, uh, filter. Um, and because yeah I, I feel like there are certain times where you go in, into a movie and you're like yeah I didn't like this one aspect I didn't think it it worked well and then someone will come along and be like well you know try looking at it with with this lens of interpretation and it really improves it for me so if you're willing if you're open to it um yeah try re-watching that scene with a with a Wizard of Oz mindset and uh see if it helps um
1: Another thing I really liked was how they utilized Korg in this movie. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like a huge part of it, but he was still definitely there. I loved his like voiceover commentary at the beginning when he's like, let me tell you about Thor. And he's talking about how he loved all these different women, women's, gosh, <clears throat> words, they're hard. Um, but how he loved a woman wolf on a Noah a wolf woman on a woman wolf
0: yeah which fun fact the wolf woman is chris hemsworth's wife but yeah i liked i liked that uh initial voiceover as well um and
1: i love how it like introed that one battle scene or battle scenes the one in the water where thor is just like sitting on a rock thinking seriously about his life
0: well, while everyone Guardians else is just getting destroyed ass.
1: yeah <laughs> and then they go to the scene where he's just sitting on a mountain and he basically Meditating. plants stormbreaker in the ground and he's just waiting for someone to say thor we need your help to win this battle
0: and then star lord of course thor we need your help to win this battle yeah
1: and then he flies off on stormbreaker like it's a freaking witch's broom which was so funny.
0: Yeah. And and just like hearing him in the background. Just,
1: Hurry up.
0: I thought that was really, really funny. Um, and yeah, I, I also really liked uh, that first fight scene with the, uh, I think it's Welcome to the Jungle they're playing in the background. Mm-hmm. With the uh, little owl aliens. Yeah. Things. But um, like,
1: I don't even know what they were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, and they're like almost like motorcycle. Like biker dudes. Yeah. Um, I dug that battle. I dug, uh, it, it felt like Taika Watiti was able to go really ridiculous on, um, a, uh, oh shoot, what's, uh, he was able to be ridiculous in an expositional scene where, if the final battle had gotten as ridiculous as that opening battle did, it would have felt odd. Mm-hmm. But having having Thor like do the splits at the beginning of the movie was just fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, I don't. What a that.
1: classic Thor adventure! What a
0: classic <laughs> Thor adventure! Um, yeah, that was a line that I really loved. Um, so yeah, I I was also really uh, happy with Thor and Star Lord's relationship in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was going to keep being a power struggly dynamic, like it was in uh, Endgame and uh, Infinity War, and it really wasn't. They're they're very much friends now, and if there is ever a power struggle, Star Lord is much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. In, knowing his place in the team um so he'll he won't get super offended but there is that moment where he's like you know what you can have the ship and he's like you're giving you're me giving my own me ship? My ship yeah, thanks buddy and, <laughs> and he just kind of shrugs it off I, I dug just that just
1: look into the eyes of the people you love Yeah, and Thor just like leaning, leaning in leaning
0: over um yeah so I, I really liked that aspect of the film um uh one moment that uh, seemed like maybe it was trying to be comedic, but at the same time, like, if comedy is what they were going for, it, it wasn't, like, ha-ha funny. And I kind of liked that. Um, at some point, the kids are in this cage, and they're really, really scared and worried. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Gore is right behind them. And he's just talking to them in... A really creepy way um, to throw out a reference. He felt like uh, the child snatcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I know you've never seen that movie, Mm -hmm. but any of our listeners out there who have seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang know exactly who the child snatcher is because he's creepy as shit. Um, And yeah, it it felt like uh, Gore was, was tapping into that same vibe. Uh, but then at some point he he makes a reference about like uh, cutting off heads or something and um, he then like summons this snake and rips its head off and all the kids freak out and so he's like all right fine geez and he goes to throw it away but it like hits the cage wall and like bounces around at the kids feet and they're freaking out it kind of felt funny but it was so creepy and yeah I, I thought it It was a really just it it built his character so well um I have heard that uh, Christian Bale is, is quite displeased with the theatrical cut because he himself filmed a lot more stuff that actually makes gore feel a lot darker and a lot scarier a lot grittier and honestly that's Something I would like to see. Um, yeah. Because with how dark and gritty he was, I thought that's quite possibly one of the strongest portions of the film. Oh, absolutely. Um, makes me
1: sad that Taika Waititi doesn't like director's cuts because I would love to see all of that extra footage of Christian Bale.
0: Yeah. Um. But... Uh, yeah, so I, I really liked that. Um, another uh, portion of the film that we still haven't talked about at all Jane is now the mighty Thor. What do we think of uh, having Natalie Portman back? What did we think of her portrayal as, as Thor? Um, I do think that it's um, interesting, like, with. Uh, in the comics, I, I remember, I didn't read the comics, but I remember when. Jane took on the role of Thor and people were like um, asking about Jane having the power of Thor and stuff like that and Marvel kind of had to come out and say she doesn't have the power of Thor she is Thor Mm -hmm. Thor is female now she is Thor Um, it doesn't quite work as well in this movie because Thor Chris Hemsworth his character name is Thor.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not like a title. Yeah. Like Black Panther.
0: Exact. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. The the whole uh, Sam Wilson is not borrowing the role or borrowing the mantle of Captain America. Sam Wilson is Captain America, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can still refer to both characters as either Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson. With this, I can't refer to Thor as anything other than Thor, but I can refer to other Thor as Jane. Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah.
1: the That's the portion of the movie that, like, I personally don't really love. Really? I don't love Natalie Portman.
0: Mm. And
1: I'm going to get a lot of hate for that opinion.
0: Now, with that said, you have not seen enough of her work. You've seen the Star Wars prequels, which unfortunately hurts her reputation. Um, not because of the quality of the films, but because of the quality of the acting from certain incredibly talented actors and actresses. Um, but uh, you've seen V for Vendetta. I have. Uh, you've not seen Black Swan. No. And you have not seen Leon the Professional. Correct. For me, Leon the Professional is the creme de la creme of Natalie Portman's.
1: And maybe I'll watch something that redeems her in yeah. my views. Yeah, but and, and I just she bugs me. Yeah, I mean, and I like.
0: I love Robert Pattinson, but I had to watch more than Twilight in order to gain that uh, yes. perspective. Um,
1: so yeah. I will still give her a shot, but. She's just not my favorite actress. I also...
0: Have you ever liked her in the Marvel Universe? No. Okay. I,
1: ugh, I just don't... I can't put my finger on it. I just don't like Natalie Portman, especially as Jane Foster. Yeah. I don't, like, buy their love. I don't think they have chemistry together. I think her, like, in the Thor costume looked very cartoony
0: interesting okay
1: um i did think it was interesting that mjolnir was able to like kind of mask her cancer yeah while making her into thor
0: um and real quick that was something i was very impressed with in the movie because uh although the trailers immediately told us jane's coming back and she's gonna Be able to lift Mjolnir in this film. She's going to have the power of Thor in this film. I never heard that she was going to have cancer in this movie. Yeah. So when you see her getting chemo in the chair, I was really caught off guard by that. Uh, And I I always respect when big uh, plot points like that uh, remain Uh, secret, revealed in the movie. Yeah, exactly.
1: I did love, like, that Mjolnir was able to break apart and be like a million different pieces and then come back together. I thought that was a really cool thing. I did also appreciate that they gave the backstory of the relationship between Mjolnir, Thor, and Jane. So it made it more believable that she could wield the hammer.
0: Yeah, twice in this movie, there were things that Thor did that really felt like he's starting to... Um, either be able to access or he's gaining the same level of power that Odin Mm -hmm. held. Um, Because at the end, um, he gives temporarily the power of Thor to all those children because they're worthy and and yada yada yada. That was cool. That's something that we only ever saw Odin do in the first Thor film. And then yeah, when he... uh, And that was almost more impressive. When he tells Mjolnir to protect Jane and then you see the the um
1: the like imprint
0: yeah uh almost as though Mjolnir without notifying Thor he has acknowledged um the request that Thor has made of him Um, I
1: also like that in this movie Mjolnir and Stormbreaker felt more like characters than like props
0: yeah Uh, Stormbreaker especially Um,
1: I loved Sassy Stormbreaker yeah
0: Um, which something that you and I talked about uh, a little earlier and I really like the concept I heard it uh, somewhere else but um, yeah Mjolnir definitely has like a loyalty vibe always has Um, he he comes to Thor and and, uh, comes to uh, Captain America if they're worthy Um, however Stormbreaker will actually like float around and get uh, visibly upset if Thor shows too much um, affection towards Mjolnir and the theory that I heard was that because Stormbreaker the handle is made out of Groot's arm it's almost uh, like that's what's giving so much personality and borderline sentience to Stormbreaker is almost the echoes of Groot's personality.
1: Because so we had seen earlier in the film that Groot, at that point, was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so it just seemed like Stormbreaker was behaving like a hormonal teenager.
0: Yeah. I, um, I feel like it'd be interesting to to see Marvel movies start kind of like writing in the general age of Groot. Because, I mean... Groot in the uh, flower pot at the end of the first movie mm-hmm. is clearly baby sprouted, Groot. yeah. And then in Guardians Volume Two, that's definitely baby Groot. But then in, uh, um, Infinity War, he's much more teenage. And then if no time has passed for Endgame, probably also teenage. Um, but now how this is probably several years after Endgame. Is Groot still a teenager, or does he have... Um,
1: I mean, those teen years last forever, so...
0: Yeah, but, um, I mean, Groot got from baby Groot to teen Groot seems like in something like a year. So his his aging process is not, does not Maybe trees match.
1: age differently.
0: They, they clearly do. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, is he still a teen is he um is he just a weirdly moody early 20 year old um
1: which is also a thing yeah and another
0: thing how old was Groot in Guardians 1 um and are we ever going to see our current Groot get back to that age because that is I would
1: love that I loved the old wise Groot
0: yeah as much as I recognize that younger Groot is phenomenal for marketing and merchandising Original Groot, original recipe Groot, is one of my absolute favorite characters from the first Guardian film. He's so, so good. Um, But, uh, yeah. So, um, could Stormbreaker be getting personality due to the inclusion of, uh, I don't
1: know... Groot DNA? Grootian
0: Wood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah um i'd love to see if anyone ever wants to explore that also uh when thor plants the um uh plant stormbreaker in the ground and then meditates and then when he mm-hmm. has to rip it out it's There's already roots. roots so clearly this is another form of wood that grows quickly like groot does um and i thought that Concept was also really neat. Um, one uh, concept that was pointed out to me before seeing this film is that uh, in the first Thor movie, Thor's had thousands of years to establish his um, his uh, image off the fact that he's Thor. You know, and he has this hammer and he's the prince of Asgard and yada yada yada. And then he gets banished. And he's not even able to lift Mjolnir, and then by the end of the movie, he's worthy again, and he is that brings back a lot of confidence. And um, and then we see in uh, Avengers, Thor, The Dark World, um, and Age of Ultron, that he doesn't have any insecurities because he's Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's on his A game. And then uh, that moment when Steve Rogers tries to pick up the hammer and it kind of shifts a bit, that worries him. He's he's shaken, uh, not because he's scared of Steve Rogers, but what if he's scared of what would that mean for his identity if he's not the only one that can lift the hammer? And then all of a sudden, he's... He's excited about it in the moment in Endgame when Steve lifts the hammer. Um, but did that have any kind of effect on um, his, his ego? Um, same with, with Vision being able to lift Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Did that have an effect? Um, and now finding out that Jane can lift it too? if he's based so much of his ego and personality on being the one worthy of lifting Mjolnir and now he finds out so many people can lift this thing being able to lift it and wield it doesn't really even make me unique uh what what effect does that have on his psyche and Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie didn't go into it that hard but it, it definitely did show that uh yeah he needs to uh spend some time finding himself and, and really um doing some self-reflection um and yeah so i
1: just came across a really interesting trivia fact mm. about this movie okay. that i didn't know maybe you already knew it let's see but it says when thor and jane discuss their breakup jane estimates it happened three years ago while Thor says eight. The reason for that difference is Jane was dusted for five years.
0: Whoa. Did you know that? No. Because I didn't. But yeah, that, uh, I mean, that math that maths. adds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it math's real hard. <laughs> um, yeah, that is interesting. Um, one piece of trivia that when I heard it, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, leading up to uh chris hemsworth and natalie portman's kissing scene chris hemsworth stopped eating meat leading up to it because natalie portman is a vegan oh yeah which dude is are there any chrises in hollywood that aren't the nicest dude (laughs) right um and that's just another one of those things that uh even if marvel were to start making terrible movies whoever is in charge of um, casting is phenomenal i cannot think of a single actor or actress in the marvel universe that isn't really really good for that role i think that uh brie larson needs some work um But I remember when they announced that she was the one playing it. Visually, I thought she absolutely looked the part. Um, But uh, I'm still open to seeing what she can do with the role. Um, But outside of Brie Larson, I think everyone else is perfect casting decisions.
1: Yeah, just the like... Whoever's in charge of all of this is just so like laser focused on everything. Like the tiniest little details. like the difference between, you know, eight and three is the five years she was dusted. Like most people aren't gonna catch on to that, right? But like, it's a detail that's in there and is obviously very intentional. And I feel like every part of every Marvel movie is so intentional to drive the whole story forward that like everything is coherent. Everything ties together. And to see that still be the case with over a hundred hours of Marvel Cinematic Universe footage, like it's insane how well this puzzle has been pieced together
0: yeah um i i remember when um i believe it's the beginning of spider-man homecoming there's a um here's the uh, uh vultures crew is cleaning up after the battle of new york and then says like eight years later or something like that and very quickly uh some fans did the math and they were like how is it that many years later shouldn't it be this number of years later and as soon as they called it out, the filmmaker did have to uh, come forward and be like, "You're right. That's that's on me. Uh, that was a oversight. It, it you have the correct math. So just sorry if if you're willing to pretend that it was the correct number on screen when it jumps forward in time. That'd be great. But yeah, like um, this is the kind of universe that." When there is an inconsistency or a contradiction, fans call it out. But if fans are going to call it out, it, it happens very rarely. Um, very impressive how well Marvel um, pays attention to that stuff. Um,
1: well, and I think that's why so many people just trust Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. you hear a Marvel movie's coming out and it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to go see it. It's a Marvel movie. Duh.
0: Yeah. And then there's other things where, um, you know, there's there's a new uh, Fast and the Furious movie coming out. And in this one, they're going to announce that Dominic Toretto had a brother his whole life. A biological brother. Okay. So consistency is not really a worry that we're thinking about in this franchise. No. So many other... Uh, franchises, universes, things like that—they don't give a shit about being this consistent. Marvel really puts in the work, and so the fact that they slip up every now and then, but it's few and far between. I feel like uh, we don't applaud that often enough, um, and uh, yeah. So everything I just said about uh, their casting being so good the only times i ever really complain about casting decisions is when an actor that i adore gets cast as a villain that's going to be killed off in one movie
1: michael b jordan
0: michael b jordan uh jeff bridges i feel like if if we could somehow be like oh look jeff bridges is playing a second character don't carl think about that. urban that is what i feel like carl urban he was
1: so wasted
0: wasted in ragnarok and that is one of my big complaints about ragnarok um yeah uh hopefully he didn't technically die at the end of of ragnarok so hopefully carl urban can come back um but uh and it's always sad hearing that an actor was in a marvel movie and didn't have a good experience Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand Idris Elba was uh was pretty annoyed um at the time and energy that went into um the Thor films which um, was
1: why I was surprised to see him in that end credit scene
0: yes um
1: granted that was probably like half a day's worth of filming
0: yeah and his costume that day just just put this on you're fine you don't yeah. need to be suited into armor like um But yeah, um, it breaks my heart knowing that Stanley Tucci is in this franchise in a role that I adore, but he's in half of the first Captain America film. America film. America film. America (laughs) film. Yep. Yeah. uh, Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Same thing. He's in the first Captain America movie. And he kills it but now Tommy Lee Jones can't be in any other Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, So many things like that where uh, they bring in a phenomenal actor, they do a phenomenal job, but now there's no way to see more of that.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of great casting, um, let's talk about frickin' Hercules in that mid-credits scene.
0: Oh, I'm psyched. Roy
1: Roy Kent from Ted Lasso, Um, whose real name is Brett Goldstein. But... I just know him as yeah, he Roy looked, Kent
0: he looks more like a Roy Kent than a something Goldstein, Brett. Brett. Uh, all I could think of was Ted Goldstein, and I was <laughs> like, no, oh, that's you're getting Ted from a different source. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm so as as big into comics as I am, I haven't read nearly enough. Uh, the comics that I have read are usually Batman stories, but. uh, um, yeah so I haven't read any Thor and definitely no Hercules but from what I know I'm pretty sure Hercules is a protagonist and he's clearly being introduced into this story as an antagonist and I'm really interested to see if they Very just intrigued by that. use him as an antagonist and that's it or if and I would say this is much more um, expected uh he's going to have a change of heart or um someone's going to be able to convince him um but yeah introducing hercules and uh brett goldstein of all people as an antagonist first oof i'm excited stoked for that
1: and if you haven't seen ted lasso fix your mistakes and go watch it now because it's one of our very favorite tv shows
0: Yeah, Um, the uh, price tag of uh, Apple TV Plus uh, for Ted Lasso alone is worth it. However, there's so many absolute gems on that streaming service that that make the price tag well worth it. And it does really break my heart how many people watch Ted Lasso and call it quits there. Because they're like, yep, watched Ted Lasso, loved it, not watching anything else on this streaming service. You're really doing yourselves a disservice. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Other aspects of the film. Um, I dug Valkyrie in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they're uh, making it pretty clear. Like, they're they're not trying to keep it a secret. She's a lesbian. Um, if she's not a lesbian, she's got to be bisexual. Um
1: well, and with the Korg, too. Yep. Korgians? Yeah. Is that what they're? Uh, what are they?
0: I hope it's not Korgians because that would make it so that, like, every human is named, like, Hume or something.
1: Okay, that's true. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, Korg's race, the rock people, um, seems like they're exclusively male. Yeah. Because um, two males come together and make a son. They sun.
1: hold hands over a lava pit <laughs> and make a son.
0: Um.
1: Which made me wonder, in those countries that have been banning these movies that have homosexual relationships on screen, what's the deal with Thor Love and Thunder? Yeah. Because
0: it it wasn't, like,
1: outright on either of those. Mm -hmm. So I would be... I haven't looked into it at all, but...
0: Yeah. Um... And yeah, it almost kind of felt like, uh, they may have included that plot point, almost just to make sure every one of their movies has some level of representation, Mm -hmm. um, which some people are annoyed that it seems like Marvel's putting in that representation just to check the box and say, we put it in, um, yeah, I can, I can see that argument, um, But I can also see the uh, inclusion makes everyone feel included a few other pieces of trivia Uh, Gore's daughter who um, is the little girl at the end a lot of people already know but that's uh, Chris Hemsworth's real daughter Uh, when you see Thor running through the forest at the beginning and, and growing up as he runs the youngest form is Chris Hemsworth's son uh, I've heard that Taika Waititi's kids and uh, Chris Hemsworth's kids all have uh, cameos in this film as well. I heard
1: Christian Bale's kids are in there too.
0: Did I not see say Christian Bale? Okay, yeah. So Christian Bale, Taika Waititi, and Chris Hemsworth, all their kids are...
1: Mm-hmm. I did also read that uh, Russell Crowe is the one who decided that Zeus should have a Greek accent. Taika Waititi did not agree and wanted him to have an English accent. So they filmed all of those scenes twice. Interesting. So they filmed every scene in a Greek accent and in an English. Huh. And then Taika was like, you're right. Greek works better. So that's why that's in the film. Huh.
0: Okay. Um, One thing, and this is kind of going back to the uh, uh, people's complaints that... um, this isn't the greatest Marvel movie because, you know, not everything can be on the same scale as um, Endgame. But I have heard that budget-wise, this it's was... huge. Yeah, this was massively expensive. Definitely one of the most expensive films in the Marvel Universe. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of that goes to... Music. Where Well, music and where they set... A lot of the story mm-hmm. there's a lot of cgi backgrounds a lot of cgi in your battles um whereas thor one very uh small scale film and you just need to build a couple buildings in the middle of arizona mm-hmm. and then you can new mexico blast area. that shit um yeah or New Mexico. I know the is set in New Mexico. Um, I had forgotten that, just full disclosure. Um, but, uh, yeah, don't know where it was filmed. Um,
1: One thing I was disappointed with, though, considering the huge budget, Mjolnir, Stormbreaker, both looked fantastic. Thunderbolt looked stupid. Yeah. It and- looked like a toy that they had just, like, spray-painted gold. And it's like, if you're putting the time in to make these weapons of gods look amazing, like, put a little bit more effort into Thunderbolt, please.
0: Yeah, almost, um, I kind of feel like uh, Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, when not in use, are able to just be a hammer and a battle axe. And those alone, they look cool. I almost kind of felt like, uh, let Thunderbolt almost be like a lightsaber or something where it, there's always some amount of CGI so that whenever it's on yeah. screen
1: Thunderbolt you can tell could have, that
0: it is energy like um, it
1: could have majorly benefited from more CG
0: yeah um and clearly well maybe not clearly but it, it felt like Thunderbolt was kind of supposed to seem like the silly weapon of the three but yeah i i feel like it doesn't have to be that but you can silly. make it look good yeah um so yeah it, um that is one thing that I, I keep finding from um just big blockbuster things in general but uh, also with disney lately um i'll hear about the budget for certain things and it just I, i'm not seeing all of that money get to the screen.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It's, um, this is coming from someone who's never worked with special effects or CGI, things like that. And I I get that having to render things like that is expensive, but uh, yeah, maybe try to find a way of um, just making, having your story unfold in cheaper locations so that more of your budget can actually go towards things like this and just not even necessarily um uh, use all of your budget and put it directly on the screen just uh see how cheap you can make a marvel movie that's still high quality um because yeah, at this point, if people do start uh, getting that, like, Marvel fatigue that they've been talking about, if... Um, they've people, got to
1: start raining it in, I think.
0: Yeah, if people stop flocking to the theater like they used to, I would hate to have Marvel start viewing more and more of their projects as failures because they're not pulling in endgame record numbers. Mm-hmm. Or far for, uh, No Way Home record numbers. Um,
1: Which I, for one, loved the lack of multiverse in Thor. Yeah. um, We got so much of that in the last few Marvel movies mm -hmm. that, like, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around, like, time travel and multiverse as it is. That, like, Mm -hmm. I was a little bit worried that everything from here on out would involve the multiverse in some way. Um, So I thought it was really refreshing to just have a movie Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about trying to figure out how five million characters are getting where they're getting.
0: Yeah. um, One thing that I I keep hearing people uh, complain about lately is um, that they can't really see what the big bad Thanos level threat is in phase four. And I saw a video the other day that pointed out that if you go back and rewatch Marvel Phase One, nothing is pointing to Loki as the big bad in Avengers One, and we don't even hear the word Thanos until Avengers One. Mm-hmm. We see his face finally in uh, in Avengers, but then he's nowhere. To be seen in Age of Ultron until the fine, I'll do it myself uh, reveal of the Infinity Gauntlet at the end of those credits. Um, So, yeah, phase four could just be the um, getting to know. The building phase? Yeah, the building phase, exactly. Getting to know new characters, getting caught up on where certain characters are in their Mm -hmm. lives. Um,
1: Well, I know a lot of people are not liking phase four. Of Marvel right now, mm-hmm. I personally am enjoying it because I really like that it's more like magic based, yeah, um, than like superpower and rich guy based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different. So I think for people who enjoyed the first few phases, like wholeheartedly, I can see where they're struggling for sure.
0: Yeah, um, one thing that i've heard is that uh, i guess um someone at marvel has been talking about how the theme of phase four is like grief and consequences hmm. and that's looking at each project through that lens is also really interesting because wandavision clearly is all about grief and consequences oh absolutely um there's a lot of grief in loki um consequences Falcon and winter soldier mm-hmm. um uh consequences definitely in uh Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home as well as Multiverse of Madness um just, Shang-Chi even too yeah um and so yeah kind of looking at that as uh maybe not uh what's the big bad threat coming to destroy mankind in phase 4 but more just what is a, um, very human emotion that's affecting everyone in this universe? Uh, what's something that can, um, make all of these superhumans really, really relatable to the audience? Uh, I think that could be really, really interesting and cool. Um, so, yeah, um one last thing real quick um, that uh, I heard someone say that immediately was just like you, you can't have that mindset <laughs> um, when Thor gives the power of Thor to all the kids um, after the movie a friend was like well if he can give the power of Thor to kids why didn't he do that to the Avengers during Endgame why didn't he give that to literally everyone on the battlefield in Endgame why didn't he do that for during this moment or this moment or this moment bro (laughs) after this many movies and shows there are going to be concepts and stuff brought forth that have to exist only in that one narrative because if if Thor could do that every single day we're done making movies. If every single time a new threat arises and Thor does the same move he's done for the last seven movies ever since that one time he tried it in Thor Love and Thunder, oh, this isn't interesting anymore. So, um, yeah, just, uh, when or, um, when uh at the beginning of infinity war wong uses a portal to cut off the arm of one of thanos's henchmen why didn't he use that same move to cut the infinity gauntlet arm off so that thanos couldn't keep fighting yeah good point why didn't he do it cuz they wanted to make an interesting movie instead um there's there's going to be more and more of those um you know if if wanda attacked a whole universe to get her kids back why didn't you use a memory charm like you did with Peter Parker because we wanted to make a movie instead um, you kind of have to recognize that certain things just can't be done every single time and um, I, I, I think that's just sort of that that growing um, if, if you don't want if you're not going into a Marvel movie wanting to enjoy a Marvel movie, why are you coming to a Marvel movie? Um, so, yeah. Um, I really liked it. I'm really glad that I liked it. I I personally went in kind of worried because of the silliness of Ragnarok. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anything else?
1: Nope, I think we covered it all.
0: I think so. Um, so, yeah. Um, please uh, like and subscribe like and subscribe if you have not already liked and or subscribed um our podcast can be found on apple podcasts spotify stitcher amazon music google podcast and radio Radio Public. public um yeah thanks so much for listening and uh we should have more episodes out um hopefully more regularly i know i say that every time but this time will be different. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye.